Hail and well met, Traveler. Welcome back to Threat Dice, a podcast about tabletop role-playing games, storytelling, and the vagaries of the dice. I'm your host, Kylan Wigan. I am one-third of the team at TumbleDie Games, a young company developing a new hybrid storytelling RPG called Trove. We believe in the power of story, and the goal of Trove is to empower both players and game masters to level up the action, drama, and believability in their tabletop games. You can find out more at www.tumbledie.com, or follow us on Facebook, Twitter, at TumbleDie, or Instagram. However, this pod is not just about our game. We love tabletop RPGs, all kinds, and we'd like to share with you some ideas from our own experience, both as players and game masters, that might help you take your games to new heights. This week, I actually have something a little different for you. The world-building discussion will be next week. Today, I'm joined again by my TumbleDie co-founders, Kevin and Andy, as we dive into some questions about gaming, checking our own biases and understandings of tropes and stereotypes within the worlds of games and fiction that we love so much. Here's the interview. Andy, Kevin, thank you for joining me again tonight. I uh, appreciate you being here. Happy to be here. Awesome to be here. So tonight I have a couple of questions for you, and I'm hoping that it will spark some some interesting discussion. So, Andy, I'm going to pitch this one at you to start with, because I know that you are a fan of the Lord of the Rings. Oh, yes. Andy, what do you think Gandalf is? Uh, he is the architect of the Third Age. That is not exactly the answer I was hoping for, but good, good. We'll start there. I don't think architect is a character class. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like... It's a boring so, one. Line drawing plus three, like <laughs> my, my compass. Plus one blueprints. Slide ruler of... <laughs> Vorpal slide ruler. <laughs> so... As far as uh, gaming goes, anyways, ah. let's frame the uh, conversation in terms of our uh, RPG background. Okay. So in terms of gaming, yes. how do you see Gandalf? Um, he's a wizard. Gandalf is a wizard. He's a wizard, Kylan. Of course he's a wizard. <laughs> Kev, what about you? Yeah, he's, he's, yeah, of course he's a wizard. He, uh, what, he says it himself, right? He says uh, a wizard is, is never... Never late, nor is he early. He always arrives precisely when he means to. He's a self-described wizard. So, I mean, if you're going to believe anybody, it should be Gandalf. Well, what if I don't believe Gandalf? And I guess that's the question. I'm not actually <laughs> sure I do believe him in this case. Oh, my God. The emails we're going to get. <laughs> so let, uh, I'm going to make a case here, and I want you guys to tell me if you think I'm crazy. Okay. I think that in terms of the gaming archetypes that we are so familiar with, I think that Gandalf is not a wizard, but a cleric. And I'll tell you why. Because he has a mace. Wait, he doesn't have a mace. <laughs> no, he doesn't have a mace. He has a quarterstaff. But quarterstaff is on the cleric list. He also doesn't wear armor, but he's a little bit more, I think, the priest cleric type as opposed to the martial cleric. And the reason I think this is because, uh, Kev, what is the first thing you think of when you think of your uh, your your D and D wizard? D and D wizard. Um, yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. Like uh, damage spells, lightning bolt, thunder, uh, fireball. Fireball. Right. Fireball. 
That's the one that every D&D wizard is working towards. They're dying to hit fifth level so they can sling that fireball around. Yes, in a 10 by 10 room. <laughs> right, sling, sling the meme around that says, I didn't ask how big the room was, I said I cast fireball. <laughs> Nerds. <laughs> so, where in Lord of the Rings, or The Hobbit, does Gandalf throw a fireball? Uh, Andy? <laughs> um... Nope. I yeah, don't no. think he does. Nope. Okay. He does he does fireworks. He does fireworks. That's very true. That that is that is something. To be fair, he lights fireworks. The fireworks are already there. Oh, I mean, right. it's like a a little spark maybe. I don't know. Go ahead. Yeah, cuz the fireworks are actually like real fireworks, right? They're yeah. they're alchemical devices. They're not magical. Right. I don't know. Although they are pretty cool. Yeah. There's there's probably a touch of magic in them. Yeah, I think it, I think they're juiced. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it it occurred to me as I was uh, doing my last reviewing of the Lord of the Rings that Gandalf's greatest magical fe- he spends a lot of time like he well okay he dies and resurrects which right out the gate is firmly in the realm of divine magic. Right. Yeah. yeah. He other than that I think he casts a light spell at one point. Hmm. I think in Moria, he casts a light spell. He attempts to open a door. He, he does. Right. Yep, open portal. But that ends up being a code word and not so much anything to right. do with his power, particularly. Mm. It's almost as if a cleric was trying to use a wizard's open the door spell. <laughs> <laughs> a knock spell. Right, knock. But the, the biggest direct use of Gandalf's power that I spotted in the Lord of the Rings was at the Battle of Pelennor Fields when he rides out on the field and Mm. turns away the Witch King with a blast of bright white light. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure that the Nazgul are undead. Yeah. Yep. They're they're the the nine, the the kings. They're wraith lords, right? Like, uh, yeah. So ring wraiths, literally ring wraiths. See, yeah, right. They're called ring wraiths, which means so they're undead, which means that Gandalf's greatest feat of magic on screen is turn undead. Hmm. Oh, man. Yeah. So, yeah. Oh, and and he's he's a healer, too. He heals Pippin. Oh, that's right. He does. Pippin handles the the Palantir and passes out or is on death's door. He mumbles a bit and passes his hand over Pippin's forehead and boink, he's awake again. Yeah, I was going to say, it's been a while, it's been longer since I read the books, but I don't recall any talk of Athalas or anything like that in that moment. You know what, I'm, I am definitely going by the movies, so I'm going to have to take out my giant hardcover and... so if if we at least if we stick to peter jackson's adaptations right what we see is pretty clearly clerical magic and not wizard magic at all and i don't know in in the movie anyway i don't know if you noticed but um aragorn does the exact same spell on On i get a mix up arwen is it arwen or eowyn on on eowyn eowyn after she stabs the witch king in the face. Oh, he he, he does healing on oh. her. Yeah. Yeah. He heals there's, her. There's a quick, it's like a montage kind of thing. 
and he he does the exact same healing spell like a laying on of hands kind of thing or it's an elvish thing that they both learned i don't know uh i well i was gonna say it's probably in that case it's probably an elvish thing that gandalf taught the elves ah yes right like that's it's probably what that is yeah and... No, and Elrond is is a healer as well, right? Like uh, right. Frodo brought Elrond for his ministration. Elrond probably taught Aragorn, right? And it, I think it can be pretty well assumed that Gandalf taught Elrond. So yeah, he's a he's a freaking cleric. <laughs> all right, all right. And I mean, he's a he's an instrument of the like of the um, what the hell is it called? Undying flame or the eternal Iluvatar, right? Iluvatar, yeah. Yeah, uh, he's yeah. he is a Maiar, which is, I mean, Gandalf uh, probably <laughs> the closest thing in D and D racial terms is an Asimar. <laughs> like, if you're not going to go full celestial being, like that's about as close as it gets. And, so he's an angel. Yeah. yeah, he really is an angel. Like, yeah. And we don't know a whole lot about the other wizards, uh, except of course Radagast, who we meet more in the books and a little bit in the extended edition, right? Or yeah. is it of the Hobbit? Yeah. Of the Hobbit, He's right. The Hobbit, yeah. right. He's a druid, right? Yeah, Radagast is clearly a druid. Right. Which fits another piece of the puzzle in making it clear that these guys are divine casters and not arcane casters. Right. Yeah. And Saruman, right? What what kind of magic is Saruman casting? Yeah, because he's doing like divination and weather control. And mind control. And mind control. He's He's definitely more of a wizard. I think it becomes the contrast between the dark magic of Sauron being closer to what we think of as arcane magic. Right. And because Gandalf and Radagast magic comes, it comes from a divine source, really. And the closest thing we get to what we think of as wizard magic comes from Sauron, right? Yeah, so... So after Saruman turns to the dark side, <laughs> ironic. <laughs> yeah. Mixing your genres there, buddy. <laughs> yeah. So he, once he uh, became corrupted, um, yeah, he went to the arcane side. Yeah. You could go, you could even go with the D and D five, the warlock, you know, um, right. Yeah. The, the patron patron model where he's right. drawing power from from Sauron through the Palantir or, or whatever. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, with the Palantir as his uh his implement, yeah, that he Oh my god. He definitely <laughs> he's, he's definitely serving him, right? So Gandalf is a cleric and Saruman is a warlock. Is a warlock. Wow. Well, this awesome. this makes sense to me. This makes sense and to Madagascar me. Is a druid. Yeah. Wow, that's pretty cool. And of course, what we don't see in the Lord of the Rings, I believe because it predates it, is the actual system of D&D magic, because that comes from a completely different source. So while the, most of the feeling of D&D, uh, thanks to Dave Arneson and Gary Gygax, comes from the Lord of the Rings, the actual wizard's magic system comes instead from an author named Jack Vance, which is, called, which is why it's called Vancean Magic. Okay, so 
with with Gandalf firmly established in the realm of divine magic, um, I have another one for you. So the the next uh, character I bring to your attention is Conan. Yeah, the mm-hmm. redhead guy, the tall guy, talk show host. Oh, right, right, Conan O'Brien. Right, clearly he is a D and D character. Right, oh, yeah. um, <laughs> bard. I would think actually. Jester. A bard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think all entertainers fall under bard in some way or another, right? Yeah. Although I may, I don't know if I'm right about this, but it, for some reason I seem to think that Conan O'Brien had a past in boxing. Am I crazy? Is that, am I completely imagining that? You might be right. All right. So Conan O'Brien, when you hear this podcast, Please <laughs> reach out to us. Let us know if I'm remembering that right, that you had a career in boxing or a stint or something like that. I may be confusing you with Liam Neeson, so sorry. I'm sure that you know that's an easy mistake. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so not actually the Conan I was thinking of. Um, okay. I-, I was thinking of the one portrayed in uh, the 1980s film by Arnold Schwarzenegger, that Conan. Though, yeah, the barbarian, the right. barbarian, right? Conan the barbarian, right? Of course, yeah. So I actually think probably not, and for a couple of reasons. <laughs> okay. the The signature mechanic for the barbarian that we know today, and there's a long history behind that. Um, but the signature game mechanic for the barbarian is, of course, rage. Right? The barbarian loses his mind or something and suddenly becomes better, faster, stronger, and beats things into submission for his friends, and yet somehow does not kill his friends at the same time, mostly for convenience's sake. But even if we take just that movie, I never saw that. I didn't see any blind rage from Conan. Yeah, Arnie Arnie never really totally went bananas, did he? I mean, he, like... yeah, He he did some, some... Eye popping yelps every once in a while, but he he definitely didn't go berserk. Yeah, I mean, yeah, not really, no, not not really. So if we look at the, I I'm a huge uh, and and many people who have known me for more than a couple of years, I've probably had this conversation with them. I am a huge fan of the source material behind Conan. I was introduced to it in the mid two thousands. Uh, much later than I probably should have been. And I just fell in love with Robert Howard's stories that he wrote in the, the 1920s and 30s about about Conan and Hyboria and Call of the Conqueror and um, a couple other fantastic pulp characters as well. And the source material, Conan is even less like he is in the movie. In fact, if hmm. any of you have seen the more recent... Conan film featuring Jason Momoa, uh, which sadly had a terrible script, but a really fantastic portrayal of the character. That's a lot closer to how Conan is in the source material. He is a very smart, very cunning, ruthless character, but always, always, always in control. In fact, uh, he is, he becomes a celebrated mercenary tactician captain and eventually king which i suppose is theoretically something a barbarian could do but becoming a king and becoming a good king 
are perhaps mutually exclusive as far as um, the your average barbarian with the eight intelligence score goes. Mm. It's my theorization that Conan is actually just a straight fighter. And probably best represented by the uh, the Battlemaster archetype, actually, if, you're, if we're talking 5th edition, um, because of his use of more tactical fighting and less blind rage. Well, that's just as interesting a movie title. Conan the Battlemaster? Conan that the Battlemaster. That might be even more kick-ass. Yeah. That would, that would work. I'd see that. Yeah. Yeah. Aquaman, Conan, Battlemaster. Mashup. <laughs> well, and theoretically, uh, they're do the. I keep seeing rumors that they're going to do a King Conan movie and bring Arnie back. Uh, so that could be interesting. Oh yeah, yeah. He rocks a beard. Um, <laughs> and he's changed a lot, of course, in thirty years. Um, right. You know, because when when he did Conan the Barbarian, I don't know if you guys know this, but Arnie didn't actually. He spoke almost no English, which is why he has yeah. almost no dialogue. <laughs> Because because yeah. he didn't he didn't actually speak the language yet, um, but so it would be kind of <laughs> cool to see that progression from of of just him you know as well as the character, right? So so all right so you're you're a you're a Conan a Robert Howard purist Conan fan, very much so. The 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 nation or the place that he originated from was Samaria, right? Sin- Samaria, Samaria yes. with a C I M M. I just remember re- reading it when I was young and seeing it spelled and thinking of, of cinnamon buns. Um, <laughs> and, so, and then I learned about Cinnabon, the, the, you know, the chain of, of yep. little pastry stores. And so now I, all I can think of is Conan, Conan, the Cinnabon. Uh, <laughs> There's a parody waiting in there somewhere. Uh, I think so. Yeah. For those who, who Cinnabon, the barbarian, Cinnabon, the barbarian. <laughs> <laughs> those, those who appreciate it but so so Sumerian being from Samaria does that tap into like why he's called a barbarian or does that or that or does that feed in also to like his his capabilities that really make him a fighter so Samaria is described in the in the books as being a like a cold dark windswept rock basically that's watched over by the god Krom who he invokes rather frequently who is a harsh and unyielding deity it it seems to be as far as I can tell describing Howard's dark age like super stone age England right like a, a a northern land full of outlanders who barely are barely civilized um so that definitely plays into why he's seen that way because when he arrived in civilization aquilonia which is definitely an analog for greece Hmm. he is an outlander for sure but that's covered if we're still talking fifth edition that's covered in backgrounds and does not require the barbarian class (laughs) it's true it's true Hmm. if only if only robert howard had played more (laughs) DD. i know right it's really too bad i I would have loved a game with him i think he would have been a really interesting guy All right, so Conan, not a barbarian, not not a rage.
Okay, so Gandalf, not a wizard. Conan, not a barbarian. Nope. I got one more for you. Oh, boy. Robin Hood. Oh, God. (laughs) Not a prince? (laughs) Yeah, good point. Not a prince. prince. (laughs) And not... Do we even say the name? Do we even say that title? (laughs) Men in tights. With a spoon. Because <laughs> it'll hurt more, you twit. All right, prince of prince of what? He's not the prince of. He's a prince. He's a thief. He's he's a rogue. He likes to sneak around and steal stuff. Right, that's what you'd think, right? So your RPG trope rogue. Well, in in olden classic times, your RPG trope rogue did a lot of thieving. Right, but that became problematic because anytime somebody made a thief, they wanted to steal from peasants, and they wanted to steal from guards, and they wanted to steal from party members, and they wanted to steal from kings and queens, and just like cut every purse they could find. So as the the gaming evolved, we've now gotten to we've we've abandoned the thief label, and now we've adopted a rogue, and rogue is entirely dependent on the sneak attack mechanic. Right, no longer called backstab. Right, right. You can't. <laughs> it's not backstabbing anymore because there are things you can't stab in the back. You can't stab dragons in the back. You can't stab undead things in the back. Like so, now it's sneak attack. Sneak attack. <laughs> <laughs> it's fun to say. It is fun to say. So I don't recall in any of the versions of Robin Hood I've ever seen him, in fact, sneaking up on anybody. He doesn't sneak around at all. He he conducts heists of carriages and takes the money and then uh, immediately does not keep it for his own benefit, but redistributes it to the poor and desolate. Yeah, that right there disqualifies him as a thief. Giving stuff away. Giving it, yeah. Yeah, all right. So he's not a thief. I mean, a D&D thief anyway. But, but could he be called a rogue still? Redistributing wealth, he's clearly a communist. I mean... Yeah. Mm. <laughs> yeah exactly. <laughs> Maybe a democratic socialist. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, I don't even really think he can be classified as a rogue, because neither does he, as far as I recall, really sneak up on anybody. He, his stealth is not his mechanic. He operates brazenly in the open. I mean, he... Element of surprise, maybe, but not the the stealth that we normally ascribe to such things. Mm. Okay. So uh what do you what do you what do you think he is? I think based on the the woodland theme, I think it's easiest to identify him as a ranger. But I'm not sure that's quite mm. right either. Um the the ranger uh the ranger is such a complicated beast <laughs> because originally it was supposed to be Aragorn and then right. the the late 80s, early 90s gave us the super emo dual scimitar wielding drow elf named Driss Duerden. Suddenly it changed from someone who knows their way around wilderness and a bow to dual wielding, you know, like double wielding weapons. Suddenly that became the ranger. And then somewhere along the line, <laughs> they got animal companions. And I'm not sure how that happened. Probably also Driss, right? Probably Driss, yeah. Because be- he has his big cat. I feel like in the rules, they had animal companions all the way back. 
because rangers also had spells they were you know this cool kind of crossover yeah. you know combination of a wizard and a fighter and they could have they could have spells and way more skills and that sort of thing right and i think that was it, like in the way back time that was supposed to represent aragorn's healing abilities you know and i i really feel like especially in like first edition AD&D the ranger was meant to capture everything about aragorn which is why they were like, extremely overpowered <laughs> yeah (laughs) and then and yeah and then we got drist and now all of a sudden they're wielding two weapons with an animal companion and suspect so i i think i mean it kind of makes sense but robin is also a leader of a group so he's almost i don't know he's, he's certainly got a high charisma score one way or the other right because well, he's Errol Flynn for crying out loud. I mean, well, he's he's Errol Flynn. He's <laughs> yeah, you know, they just I, the people chosen to play Robin Hood are just dripping with charisma. It kind of, I I feel like the benevolence of him redistributing wealth is almost like something a paladin would do. Oh, that's interesting. Okay. Oh, oh, okay. Here's a brain explosion for you. So, what is Robin Hood's? purpose his, his his whole mission is to overthrow the usurper right right mm. yeah because uh, king richard's gone prince john is a dick yep mm-hmm. yep so who hired king richard who, who decided king richard should be king well i assume his father but uh i assume you're talking about the divine right of kings in which case uh it would be god right god right okay 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 <laughs> bear with me robin hood is a blues brother <laughs> he's on a mission from god uh, good. That's good. that does that mean carrie fisher is hunting him down Ooh, that would be awesome <laughs> that would be With awesome. a rocket launcher that's robin hood's nemesis <laughs> princess leah versus robin hood <laughs> so okay so if our friend Robin of Loxley is a nobleman, right? Mm-hmm. Fighting on behalf of his divinely ordained king against the usurper. There is a fair argument there for a chaotic good paladin. Yep. But wait, right. paladins all are right. supposed to be all armored, heavily armored, and riding horses and stuff. Well, that's true. Um, but thanks to, I feel like, God. Thanks to, I feel like I'm a freaking evangelist for D and D five right now. <laughs> it's, it's 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 definitely got its perks. One of the things they did well was opening up the concepts around the classes by and by removing the alignment restrictions on paladins, as well as providing different ways to build them. There is definitely a an argument to be made that you could build a dex heavy paladin, lightly armored with a with a big dex bonus. Who fights with a rapier and a bow? You could definitely do that. And a quarter yeah. staff. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Huh. Yeah. I think you could do that. Yikes. That would be a Is Little John a monk? Oh. Well, <laughs> see, a monk? Little John. Little John? Ooh, no, no. I I Friar Tuck, I think. Friar Tuck. Yeah, yeah Friar. Friar Tuck. Okay. So we visited three characters. Gandalf, not a wizard. Conan, not a barbarian. Robin Hood, not a thief. Maybe a paladin, which is a weird place to come to. Yeah. yeah. 
You keep using that word. We tore it all down. I do not think it means what you think it means. There's a good cross right over to Carrie Always. See, he connects all things. He's my... <laughs> <laughs> Six degrees of Carrie Always. Oh, man. He's, he's a personal hero of mine. Okay, so here we are on uh, our, our little podcast, Busting Myths, and opening minds to the possibility of characters maybe not being exactly who you think they are. Yep. Yeah, my mind Don't is, label me. My mind is wide open now. <laughs> well, thank you guys for coming along with me on this little ride here, because I wasn't sure uh, if my case was convincing at all, but... No, I'm convinced. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm a convert. I appreciate you <laughs> indulging me for this conversation. Uh, <laughs> thank you both very much for joining me, and we will catch you again soon. All right. All right. Thanks for yeah, having us. Thank you, guys. Many thanks to Kevin and Andy for joining me for today's discussion. Next time on Threat Dice, we'll have the world-building discussion I promised you last week. Thanks for joining us today. Until next time, may the road ever rise to meet you. Threat Dice is a production of Tumble Die Games, LLC. Our intro music is What Lies Beyond, the interludes are Clockwork, and the outro music is Storm, all by Vince Vept. Check out his amazing work at youtube.com slash vincevept, V-I-N-D-S-V-E-P-T. This episode was produced and recorded by me, Kylan Wigan. A toll is a toll, and a roll is a roll. And if we don't get no tolls, then we don't eat no rolls. You can find Threat Dice on Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next time.